so anyway, um, welcome to the um, Superior uh, Creators panel, I think I called it. I can't remember the name right now, but it's fine. Um, uh, I have with me the, um, let's go with illustrious Dan Slot. Yay! And the erudite, I don't know, uh, Giuseppe Camoncoli. Uh, yeah, I, I, maybe let's, you started uh, with saying how you uh, broke into comics, uh, starting out with Vertigo. Yeah. Um, uh, did you have uh, intentions to, to, did you want to go to, yeah, I, I don't know about the net levels. It's, it's always horrible with me, it's fine. Um, did you, uh, were you fine there, or did you really want to do superheroes to make a name for yourself? I, I, I wanted to do everything, you yeah. know, I just love uh, comics, I love those characters, like my very first uh, love as a kid were superheroes, you know, like Marvel stuff mostly, because at the time, I'm, I was born in 75, so when I was a kid there was not so many DC guys around, not so many DC books published, but most of Marvel stuff. A lot of Marvel stuff, so like I, I loved all of them, you know, Fantastic Four, uh, Daredevil, uh, Spider-Man, X-Men, you name it. So when I grew up, I discovered like European comics and uh, then Vertigo comics. So like my background, you know, kind of grew larger. And at the time when I, you know, when I started out, uh, I was very much in love with, with Vertigo. But then again, I never forgot superheroes. So my style wasn't probably fit at the time for superheroes, but then I like to change, I'm flexible. And my intention was, let's start with that. And I was really, you know, I couldn't believe it that I was basically doing a Vertigo book, you know, from Italy. And, but then I had no limits. I mean, I, I, yeah, when they approached me to do a Spider-Man story back in 2002, I think, with uh, Brian Azzarello for Tangled Web, Axel Alonso was the editor. I was like, sure, I mean, given the opportunity to do Spider-Man, sure, even if it was just one comic book. I'll do it. I'll do everything, you know. And then I would never, you know, imagine that after a few years I would, uh, you know, meet this guy and do Spider-Man together for, I mean, six years for me and more than ten for you, like ten and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels longer, does it? <laughs> no. Oh no. But it's, uh, we do it in a pressure cooker because with yeah. uh, with Brand New Day we were doing three a month with uh, Big Time we were doing two a month and we did two a month for a while. Um, the, the benefit is like the way you guys like your Netflix and your Hulu, you get the binge, you constantly get more yeah. content, more content, uh, for us, it's, oh my God, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's, you see that Simpsons episode where they did the twilight zone where, uh, Bart, uh, makes Krusty the Crown just do the show all the time. Sometimes <laughs> it can feel like that. Like <laughs> you love what you're doing, but it would be really nice to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like that that um, other bar in The Simpsons where it's Christmas every day. Yeah, oh, please oh. kill me. <laughs> I I said it over dinner last night, and uh, an artist I'm going to work with in the not too distant future, Stephen Byrne, had tweeted this morning the same thing. Like this is how much we're thinking. It's like that Simpsons episode where Homer's in hell and they keep force feeding him donuts. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> have all the donuts you want, and you're like you draw right all the comics you can. So it's fun, um, but it's it's it is work. 
Yeah. Um, but it's, it's fun. Uh, the thing I don't like about it is like when I work on Silver Surfer with Mike Allred, he is my one artist. And you work and work and you, you get a rapport and you always know what's coming and you're always working towards the next thing. And when I work with Giuseppe, I have to share him and he has to share me and we have like other artists come in so we can do two a month and three a month. Um, and it would be nice to work with Giuseppe like straight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and plan things and, you know. That's funny because you're talking about sharing the character with different artists, but when you started on Brand New Day, you were sharing the books with different writers, so what was that experience like? That was, because, that was crazy. Because I think it was like Mark Wade and that Joe it, Kelly. That, that was Wave 2. Mark Guggenheim. Oh. Uh, wave 1 was... Zeb Wells was... Yeah, yeah Mark, okay. Mark was Mark Guggenheim, Zeb Wells, Bob Gale, and me for the first arc. And I remember, um, because so, so many things were so volatile, you know, and fans were like, you know, married, the wedding had just been annulled, and there were all new status quos, and JMS had just left, and it was a very volatile time, and fans' passions were running very high. And I remember walking out of the first summit, and I was walking with, I think it might have been Tom Brevoort, and I was, I, it was either Tom or Steve, and I was saying, like, wow, this is going to be tricky. You know, it's like, when do you think fans will get over this? And, and there's, like, five years. It'll take them five years to get over this. I'm like, wow, I gotta, I'll have to stay on this book for five years <laughs> till, till people give me, like, a fair shot. And they're like, oh, by then it won't be you. <laughs> like, what? Oh, no, no, it'll be Matt Fraction or Ed Brubaker. So it won't be you. And I'm like... That's why you made the decision. Oh. I'm going to stay on this book for yeah. 10 years. <laughs> there was, we went into the first meeting and we were told to bring ideas, like to have like notebooks and have ideas ready for a brand new day. And there is all this butcher paper up along the wall and uh, we'd throw out ideas and Joe Quesada, who was there to me, would get out with a big sh marker and he'd write down the idea. And it, we were filling up the whole thing. And, I just had these notebooks. Like, you know, imagine if you got a chance to write Spider-Man. Like, you have probably have Spider-Man stories your whole life that you've been, oh, if I could just tell that story. And here I had so many of them on this pad of paper, that page after page, and I'm, I'm just doing it until at one point they went, okay, you can stop. <laughs> you can stop. And we had, the whole board was filled, and I hadn't realized I'd been talking. So every time someone threw out an idea, I threw out like three. And, and there were all this stuff on the board. And then we go to actually work out what we're doing for the first year. And Joe Kassan is like listing out like things that he's written down. Uh, who wants this story? Who wants that story? And people are like, oh, I'll do that story. I'll do that story. And of course, everyone is going for their own ideas, sure. right? And then people started going for mine. <laughs> and I was like, no, that was my idea. I, I want to do that story. That's why I threw it up there. And, and it kept happening. And I'm like, doing mine. And I'm like, that's mine. And then Joe Kassan went, Dan, Dan, you can't write all the Spider-Man stories. <laughs> But then I did. <laughs> there, was, nice. there, was, there was one story, like, because we'd have these email chains and we'd all talk back and forth and Google chats and we were constantly on the phone. We were constantly always had these epic long messages of all the writers all talking. And um, as each writer became part of the team, they were joined into the chat. So at one point, it was just me and uh, Mark Guggenheim were the two guys in the room. And I had said before, to, uh, you know, like to one of the editors, there's a story I always wanted to do if we're making Peter Parker a photographer again. He's always like 
taking pictures of himself, but with his powers, he could take pictures of anybody. If he was desperate enough, he could be a paparazzi and he'd be like the best. I want to do a story where Peter Parker's a paparazzi, but by the end of the story, he learns how bad that is. <laughs> but I want to do that story. Peter Parker paparazzi. Went, That's a good one. We're at that time. And Mark Guggenheim came on, and when it was the two of us on the chat, he goes, you know, I always wanted to do a story where Peter Parker was a paparazzi. And I was immediately like, mine, I claimed it, he saw it, he saw it in an earlier thing. I'm like, yeah, Dan, you can do the paparazzi story. Then Bob Gale came into the group, and in the middle, so now it's Bob and Mark and me uh, in, the, in the thing. And Bob goes, you know, I always thought I'd like to do a story with Peter Parker as a paparazzi. And I was like, mine! <laughs> and Guggenheim is like, he's very territorial about that yeah. one. Let him have the paparazzi story. Then Zeb Wells came onto the board, and he didn't talk about that. But when we were in the room, I threw up the Peter Parker paparazzi story. And the first time someone went for one of mine was Zeb Wells going, I like the sound of that paparazzi story. I'll do that one. And I was like, all right. And that's when Joe Quesada said, you can't write them all. And I was just like, but, but it was mine. <laughs> it was my story. And then uh, one day Zeb calls me up and he's like, how did the beats for that story go? <laughs> and I'm like, you're a very talented writer. You, I'd rather see your version of it. How, how would you tell it? And he's like, okay. And he went off and he tried a couple of takes and then he went, you know, this one isn't working for me. You want it? I'm like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> that's why it was, so that's, uh, sometimes it was like that, but other times, like for example, that paparazzi story, I, I was like stuck for a beat, and I threw it out to the room, and Bob Gale threw me a really great beat, and I went, oh, that's good. Can I use that? Yeah, use that. And then someone would be pitching a story, and I'd do that for them. So we we're all, there are little bits and pieces of us in each other's stories, because it was a team. Yeah. But how, how hectic was it, like trading off stories, because at that time it was like, Three issues three, a month or something. Yeah, and it was very much a, a, you were constantly working, and then it would be your turn at bat, and then the, the, the timer got, clicks off, like yeah. Mission Impossible. Like, I've got four of these five issues done. we got to get this one done because they're coming out, and Steve is a master at uh, scheduling, yeah. and everything is worked out. This is the guy who did 52, 52. the original 52. He, is, he was, that's why Marvel stole him from 52 and another editor yeah, had to finish. That. They hired yeah. him, we want to do Spider-Man three times a month, can you do this? Right. And he's like, I'm doing it five times a month. Three yeah. times a month, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> so he had everything scheduled. And you look at that whole run of Brand New Day, everything came out on time, except once. There was one month where- Was it with Giuseppe? No, no, no. <laughs> I wasn't on board that. <laughs> there, there, was, there was one month where only two issues came out and Steve was, Next month, yeah. five issues. <laughs> like, he totally overcompensated because that's Steve Wacker. Like, you know, instead of getting like catching up, no, we're catching up and going ahead. <laughs> you know, every week you're getting a Spider-Man issue. <laughs> like, that's how intense Steve is. Yeah, he's, he's intense. He's great. I wonder, is it the same process for artists? Because you were just talking about like emailing back and forth and Google chats. I can imagine if you're trading off arcs between artists in terms of continuity, do you talk to the guy who, who precedes you or when you take over? Yeah, something? I mean, uh, usually it's the editor that takes care of that. You know, I mean, a good editor would probably, you know. Send you reference? Yeah, send you reference or, oh, this is going to be drawn by Humberto in two issues, but, you know, uh, it's coming out before yours, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's tricky, but if a good editor takes care of the process and oversees it, then it's pretty easy, you know. Um, and yeah, same, same thing with me. I mean, like, I, if I were, you know, um, 
available, you know, I would probably show everything, keep every, everything in a thread, so everybody, every artist could like see what everybody's doing, then maybe it's too complicated, but you know, good editor probably may, can take care of that. Uh, or takes care of the key components. Yeah, but I remember case. when uh, Anna Maria Marconi showed up in Superior Spider-Man, and uh, I think Humberto came up with the design, but actually I drew it because of my time. issue, yeah, 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 yeah. so. You know, it's, got, like, it's, it's a teamwork, sure. you know, so and uh, with Umberto and Stefano, but everybody who's worked uh, uh, on Spider-Man, you know, alongside me, like I always had a great relationship and, you know, we're just like together and like it's uh, the same boat we rode together and, you know, otherwise it doesn't work, you know, and you don't have to be jealous, but share your stuff, you know, sure. and, and actually absorb from the others what they're doing. Like every artist that's worked on Spider-Man has been excellent. So, you know, it's been a learning process for me as well. You know? Yeah, that, that, that's something that... Um, they say about cross-gen as well, where, where cross if you're uh, cross-gen, yeah, uh -huh. if, if, if the, the artists there, if they were working together, they yeah, were in the same trying space. to up each other, yeah, uh, be created better after than, the Marvel yeah. bullpen, yeah. which was a... Uh, I, I almost went to cross-gen. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, Ron yeah. Garney and uh, Chuck Dixon tried to bring me over, and I flew down, and they showed me the complex. Garney or Mars? Uh, Mars, yeah. sorry, Ron Mars. Oh, Mars. And they, uh, they showed me the complex and walked me around, and I totally drank the Kool-Aid. I was going to go. <laughs> And it was uh, right before Arkham Asylum came out. And all these people are like, Arkham's going to come out. It's going to be a hit. You'll be able to do whatever you want. Do not lock yourself into Crossland for three months, uh, three years. And, but I was like, oh, you got to see this place. It's so awesome. <laughs> and oh, but you had to move to Florida and you had to live there. And I'd already scoped out apartments and I was getting ready to do it. And when they flew me down um, to see it, Mark Alessi, God rest, uh, just passed away. Uh, he, one of the reasons was for him to meet me, but he had all this business stuff he had to do. So I was told at some point you will meet Mark during this weekend. You make a good impression and you only, maybe you only get him 20, 30 minutes to talk to him. Well, it turned out all I got time to meet him was a handshake and a quick hello. And I had been shown around and done stuff and I went to use the restroom and I washed my hand and there were no paper towels. And I'm like, and I walk out, and I hadn't seen him the whole weekend, and then there's Mark Alessi right there. And he goes, oh, Dan, this is Mark Alessi. He doesn't have time. He has to get on another plane. And he stuck his hand out. <laughs> and I'm like, not giving him my wet, drippy hand. Because I'm just sitting there like, and people are starting to look at me like, what are you, what are you doing? How rude. You know? So I just kind of like, whoops. Put out my hand, and then he squeezes, and you hear. <laughs> and he looks, and then he walks away. I mean, Florida is humid, right? Yeah. The, the weather is not so good. But then they still sent me the contract, and I went, they're desperate. Something's wrong. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> and if I had gone, I would have gone there just in time for the implosion, yeah, yeah. just for the time for it blew up. So that wet hand saved my no. career in comics. Yeah, it, it seems to be not to go off on too much of a tangent, but that the, the writers liked it less than the artists. The artists really grew there but but um uh, you know that's not about cross gen um, <laughs> um but you have to hear a funny story about a wet hand yes but i, I I'm, I'm glad that you told it seriously um he's only saying we were, that because we're recording <laughs> <laughs> well uh, that's why i, I yeah uh, anyway um while order, you were working on uh, while you were working on on spider-man uh, pretty much at the same time you had Hellblazer. Yeah. So you you had sort of your your um, 
uh, but maybe better than that, how? How? <laughs> well, uh, the secret is basically that on Hellblazer I was only doing layouts, and I'm pretty fast at that. Like I can do up to four or five pages per day, so give or take at least in one week probably I could uh, get done with an issue, and then three weeks to do you know 20 pages pencils though. Yeah. So, but I wouldn't do like that every month. I mean, for Hellblazer, most of the times there was Simon Beasley doing some uh, some interior stuff, but a couple of issues maybe. But yeah, I'm proud. Like I was at the time, I was doing probably two of my favorite characters and titles at the same time. It was uh, Dan and Peter Milligan, like great writers, great team. Uh, too bad that the Hellblazer ended, although on a high note because yeah, issue sure. 300 was uh, was pretty nice to do. Honestly, when when that was done, it was. Like working only on Spider was like, oh, so refreshing, so light, you know, like only one book, you know, <laughs> to do at the time. But yeah, it's like some people ask me, is it difficult, you know, to draw two things so different? But uh, quite contrarily, I mean, I found it so interesting to do some stuff with so dark on Hellblazer and something so superhero, so although, you know, so with some dark twist yeah. here and there. And actually, there was stuff that was doing on Hellblazer that inspired me to do stuff over on Spider-Man and vice versa. So I find it refreshing to be able to do those two things and being so different. If I were doing, let's say, uh, Daredevil and Batman, you know, maybe some similar characters, it wouldn't be so refreshing. But doing so, two so many different things was, was kind of cool. Do you feel that the way a script is written influences your speed? Because I know, Dan, you write Marvel style, which is just... Like the, the you know, people, people say I write Marvel style. Um, one point, a lot of people at Marvel were thinking of switching back all over to Marvel style. And Ed Brubaker came up to me, and I, I worship Ed Brubaker. And he came up to me and said, I'd like to see one of your plots. Hmm. You know, I'm like, oh my God, Ed Brubaker wants to see one of my plots. Um, I want to I see how this, this works. And I showed him, and he's like, looks at it, and he goes, Oh, you're too lazy to write full script. <laughs> <laughs> Bam! <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. No, but it's like uh, I, I write panel descriptions. Yeah. So yeah. it gets down to like, you know, one thing I'm, I try to do is I try to, when it gets to a fight scene, mm -hmm. leave it more open. Like, as long yeah. as this guy walks out of the room and this guy doesn't yeah. get caught by the cops. You, and this stuff happens in between. This stuff yeah. happens, you yeah. know, the, the, the bronze statue ends up in his satchel, whatever you want. Just, do it, have fun. But in some pages, like you put some lines or dialogues. It's not like in every page, but most of the stuff is there. Like all if, the, if I know a specific yeah. exchange, I'll put that in. Yeah. But I want to see what kind of gifts GSF is going to give me that I can play off yeah, of sure. or, or match the tone. Um, but yeah, sometimes, uh, but then everyone's, every artist is different. Like mm -hmm. Stuart Eminem, like John Romita Jr. didn't want me to choreograph fights. He wanted to have the fun yeah. and choreograph fights, which is cool. Yeah. Stuart Eminem was like... It's a win-win situation. Yeah, he's like, why is this so open? Like, tell me what oh. the guys are doing. Like, different people like different things. Too much freedom, yeah. yeah. For some people, it's like that. Oh, that's funny, because I can imagine Stuart Eminem is a genius, and you'd sort of want to let him do his thing. He, he, he wants it tight. He wants oh. to know everything you're doing in the story mm -hmm. so he can envision it. Yeah. Um, where some people, you can be super loose. And sometimes, if you're too loose, you can leave yourself problems. Yeah. Like there'll be a misinterpretation yeah, yeah, yeah. and then something starts being drawn completely wrong and you're like, and it's too late. Yep, so now you just got to, you got to roll with it. <laughs> you're like, <Yeah>. okay, <laughs> that, that's happening now. So there, there, there are pluses and minuses. The pluses is it allows a lot of creators to open up and have fun and they look forward to that page, yeah. you know. 
Have there but been like happy accidents where maybe you add something and you get to play off of that? Or the spider bots. Yeah. Remember that opening Superior Spider-Man uh, in the script? My first issue was uh, issue four, I think. Mm -hmm. And it was this splash page uh, with the spider, Superior Spider-Man. And there was a mention of spider bots, a couple of spider bots around him, you know, on the walls. And as I was like working on the page, uh, I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if they were like crawling over uh, him, you know? Yeah, which, cool. which was so much cooler than it was in the plot. So that's like, I'll take that. That's a gift. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And, and then, you know, like cause it, it made sense to me, you know, that like being Ock, you know, wouldn't mind having like bugs crawling over him, feel a little bit, uh, you know, uh, weird, you know, and um, kind of like uh, off somehow. Yeah. And um, yeah, but you know, I always like when I do something like that, I always send like layouts first because I want to make or ask, you know, is that okay? Is that fine with you? Is that fine with the editors? Because some stuff that you might throw uh, at, at, at your team might be liked by the writer, but not by the editor or vice versa. So, you know, and I, it's like a juggling thing sometimes, but most of the times it's fine. And when stuff like that happens, you know, like I feel great, I feel proud of, you know, that coming up with even like a silly thing like that, that, that dance like oh i love it i'm gonna use it you know in maybe in other stories or stuff like that you know so it's cool my, my favorite is when we did the story where uh spider-man shot the guy in the face okay <laughs> <laughs> because he's when when we're to, the uh giuseppe's art is up on the uh the letterer's computer uh chris eliopoulos and he has a, a little boy and at one point the little boy walks by and he sees the art just the art of Spider-Man with the gun oh, about oh. to shoot the guy in those yeah. two issues <laughs> with Massacre. Massacre. And uh, his boy has a fit. Spider-Man doesn't do that! Spider-Man doesn't do that! And Chris had to calm down his child just from the art on the, which was like, and the minute, like I heard that, I was like, we, Yopoulos, right? Yeah, <laughs> like we've got gold, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because then like two months later, that, that comic sees print, and every bo every man on the internet is going. Spider Man doesn't do that. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's good that you said man. So, do, do you do you enjoy um, being a, a, a bit of a troll? Evil. Maybe? Yeah. Well, I was going like to say troll evil. Then, evil then. because you did the same thing uh, after Dying Wish. Uh, you you had lines. Uh, all the way around the block of people that wanted to know one thing: when is Peter when Parker going coming back? And uh, I, I I read this somewhere where you, where you went for the entire hall. He's dead. because <laughs> no, what what happened is we had these epic lines uh, for Superior Spider-Man, and every fifth question would be: when's Peter Parker coming back? And I'd be like: uh, Peter Parker's dead. He's never coming back. Uh, there you go. And then I would keep saying that but it was every five minutes <laughs> and the lines were so long so when I'd answer it just so I wouldn't get the same question I would just lean over and I'd go Peter Parker is dead <laughs> he's never coming back <laughs> stock up okay then I go back <laughs> and this became a thing and like I did when we were in La Mole in Mexico yeah. us it was just Oh, endless line. And that show ran from like 10 in the morning to like 7 or 8 at night or something. It was like, something like that, it yeah. was this 10-hour show. And I swear to God, all anyone had was Spider-Man 700. It was this line that never ended. And whenever I would get up to use the restroom, that 
the people in the front, this is how I learned how to count in Spanish. Person would be like, uno, uno mas, because they'd been waiting for so long in the line. Dos, dos, do, dos mas, tres mas, cuatro. They kept doing it, diez mas. And I'm like, I'm cuatro de baño, <laughs> right back. And so when I get that line, I had to learn in, in Mexico to go, Peter Parker es muerto. <laughs> No coming back, <laughs> muerto. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love, it. do you guys watch pro wrestling? Yeah, I liked being the heel. For the, for the whole <laughs> duration of Superior Spider-Man, I had to kind of be evil, and that was fun. So I like The Undertaker. That. <laughs> yes, he's dead. <laughs> but but the, uh, the fun thing was when we were doing that, you know, we, we knew from day one that we were doing 30 to 32 issues. We knew we were doing it for 18 months because Amazing Spider-Man 2 was gonna come out and there'd be posters and things everywhere about Peter Parker and Spider-Man and we were gonna latch onto that and go, Spider-Man's back. Mm -hmm. So we knew the timeline of when, how long we were gonna do Superior. Um, and during that time, all of Marvel editorial and a few of the writers were the only people who knew we were bringing Peter Parker back except for two people. I let two people in on the secret. One, I was on the set of Amazing Spider-Man 2, and I got to meet Andrew Garfield, and he had the mask off, but he was in full Spider-Man costume. And the way he came up to me to meet me was like, hi, so you killed me? <laughs> he kept saying me the whole time, and I, I was like, I, I, I quickly walked him through the story with Peter Parker's ghost, you know, and he's, oh, so I'm a ghost now. I'm like, no, we just killed the ghost last week. <laughs> what? And I was like, don't tell anyone. Something tells me there's going to be a reason we'll want Peter back in May. And he was like, gotcha. So I told Spider-Man. And the only other thing was I get a call on the phone. It was Stan Lee. Because, you know, are you bringing Spider? Peter's coming back. Yeah, Peter, Peter Parker will be coming back. So I told Spider-Man and Stan Lee, and besides that, no one else. <laughs> was Superior Spider-Man, when you were starting out on, on Spider-Man after Brand New Day, was that something, was that an idea you had as, like, as being a fan of Spider-Man? Like, I, wanna... I, I had the idea, because uh, I write close to Marvel style, I had the idea the second time I was writing Amazing 600. So I'd written 600 and John Romita Jr. drew it and then I got the art back and then I was adding the script. So you're kind of writing it a second time. And when I was writing it the second time, I'm looking at it with fresh eyes and there's the moment where you know Doc Ock is dying, you know he's got devices that he can put his mind in the machines of all the little spider bots. He's a mad scientist. He's only got hour, you know, so long to live. And then Peter Parker puts the, the mind helmet on to talk to, the, to take over the spiders in 600. And I looked at that with a fresh set of eyes going, he's a mad scientist, he's gonna die and you just put your brain waves into his computer? Right before he dies, he's gonna switch brains with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's so good. So I didn't, that's how the, I, I got the idea by scripting 600 and then I just sat on it and I didn't tell anyone, but I sowed little seeds and did little things and I knew where Doc Ock was all throughout the run. So every time you get closer and closer to his death, and that that was going to be my 700. Yeah. And that was 100 issues later. You knew that you were going to be able... Oh, no. You never know. No. Like, I have, I have a story that um, 
I've had in my pocket since I was nine years old. Uh, I'm not, still there. I'm yeah. not going to tell you what it is. Okay. But someday we'll get to do it. So that you, the, you, and this is a Spider-Man story. It is a Marvel Universe story. Okay. Uh, but there are there are things you keep in your pocket, and there, like I knew uh, I was like I have I have things on the board. Like we'll get to this. Uh, one of them was I knew I was going to do a a story within the first sixty days of being Spider-Man. It was going to be called Learning to Crawl, mm-hmm. and I knew my last story, my last arc was going to be called go down swinging like those are on the board for like you know like years (laughs) so some stuff was years and some stuff was stuff you come up with on the fly like spider island was on the fly yeah um so uh you've worked a little bit for um dc but mostly for marvel um uh, and and remarkably, un- unlike, for instance, Brubaker or Bendis or or Azarello or the whomever, you've not unlike gone good writers. <laughs> no, <laughs> just other writers. Okay. Then uh, you you've not gone into creator-owned, I think, at all. Uh, right. Ho- hopefully, the end of this year. Right. Okay. That answers that. Is yeah. it with Giuseppe? That, that, that's my we, follow-up question we, for everything. We, we've talked about yeah, a specific good. property idea, you know, for down the road when yep. we're free. So yeah, we talked about it. Okay, good. And, and it was one of the things up on that board yeah. in WonderCon. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how long I've had that. So, uh, are you still exclusive with uh, Marvel? I am exclusive, um, but you're allowed to do creator own. And um, I have in my last contract a carve out for one issue of something for another company. Oh, mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is. One issue. But that's aside from uh, creator owned. Yeah. And b- b- because uh, Icon doesn't really exist anymore, right? Icon is Bendis. Yeah, oh, that, that, that was Bendis? <laughs> yeah. Well, well I, uh, David Mack uh, did yeah. some stuff. But it, for mostly... I thought, I thought Mark Miller, maybe? Uh, Mark Miller's got his own Jason thing And Jason Aaron's, Jason Aaron's Man of Wrath. Wasn't, wasn't that Icon? Uh, yeah, maybe? but I, I think it's going to be re-released through another yeah, company. Yeah, yeah, it did, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so really it was only just at Brian yeah. and David yeah, yeah. at one point. So now it's like, whoosh. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Giuseppe, is that an itch that you like to scratch doing the creator own stuff? Because you did Green Valley with yeah. Max Landis. Yeah, over at Skybound. Yeah, okay. um, and yeah, I'm about to start something creator owned. Uh, okay. Just started like uh, in the past weeks. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be announced soon, but um, it's too, still too early to talk about it. And uh, you know, I got approached, um, and uh, I thought it was the right time to try something like that after like uh, six years on Spider-Man, uh, 25 issues of Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's seemed, 25 yeah. issues of dark in, in 20 months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. What, what, that was full pencils as well? No, no, no. That was, uh, the, for the first six issues, it was pencils. And then the plan was to get somebody else to do like, you know, in between, you know, issues and story arcs. And then let me go back for longer story arcs. But then um, I don't remember what happened, but I was like, oh, maybe I can do the next issues, but only if I do layouts. And so I, uh, I offered them to work with uh, this former student of mine who's a very good artist and he did the finishes over me and basically the result was exactly the same or very close to the same style that I was using when doing pencils and inks. 
And so I asked, her, why don't we just like try to stick with that plan? And that way I might be able to do the whole run, which, uh, you know, we already knew it was going to be 25 issues because same as that with the first uh, Dark yeah. Vader book yeah. by uh, Guillen and Arroca, Lucasfilm wanted to do like not, 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 not so long story arc. And I was like, okay, maybe if I can get to do the whole run, even if I'm just doing layouts, uh, it's going to be only my book, you know, visually. So that appealed to me and I tried to make it happen and it happened. And actually the cool thing is that issue 25, which is like 30 pages, I got to work with both Cam Smith with me in the first six issues and Danilo Randini who did the finishes because it, there's like a scene set in the mind plane of, uh, of uh, Anakin and it worked perfectly with the story. So I had like a few pages set in, in present time and the vision time. So I got to work with both of them and it's kind of seamless and it's nice and glad I was done. But again, same as with Spider-Man, you know, uh, when something like that is, is done, it's, it's an important milestone in your career and, you know, something that people will keep on probably reading and, and buying. So it, it's cool to see trades. So part of me is happy that I move on to something else and part of me just like, oh, really? Is it over? You know, because, <laughs> yeah, like when you like doing something, you know, so much, it doesn't matter if it's like two years or six years or 10 years, I guess, and a half. As long as you enjoy doing it, you still miss it, you know, when it's over. So I, I did a very tiny, short, like Spider-Man thing, like a, like a, like a one page story thing. And it was kind of like a nicotine patch. It was kind of like, ah, OK, <laughs> OK, it's so, like, coming down from the Spider-Man high. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing actually um, uh, four pages for a Star Wars book, uh, which is Star Wars 108, which is basically right, the follow-up yeah. to the old yeah. classic uh, series. And I, they actually got me four pages to draw, and it's with Darth Vader. So it was great. You know, same, same thing. It's just, ah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it feels great to be back, you know, but then switch back to anything else. Yeah, like I'd, I'd Spidey show up in the FF for a few pages, and you're like, okay, okay, okay. All right. Is that something you need to keep you galvanized as a creative, sort of switching between projects, one from Spider-Man to Creator-Own to Darth Vader to, to another big franchise like Star Wars? I mean, uh, if you... Or do you prefer sort of like working long-term you on... You know, rationally, the, uh, the, the right answer would be, you know, to keep, you know, keep it simple, you know, yeah. just like do one thing. But then again... Even covers, you know, they throw you stuff that, that's so appealing and it's just like so cool, you know, because the, the fanboy in me is always, oh, yeah, let's do that, let's do that. So it's really hard. It's not a good choice sometimes, but you want to do it just because you like them, you know, you but, like. But you have to build the muscle to say no. You yeah, have yeah, yeah, to of say course, no. Of course. Because or else you start saying yes to everything and then you, you stop sleeping. I know, I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> you, you've done that, haven't oh, you? Oh, God, it's the hardest. <laughs> uh, imagine like all you care, like growing up, all you want to do is comics. And then an editor comes up and goes, well, can you do this short story with this character you've always loved? And you're going to go, no, I want to sleep and see my family and eat at right hours. And or, no. do, or simply do nothing, <laughs> yeah. which is great. Oh my, yeah. Re imagine, recharging. Yeah. Or, yeah, the last thing you want to do is just work yourself to death and then you, the stories you start getting weaker and weaker. Uh, uh, yeah, so you, you have to start learning to say no when people offer you the sweet, sweet candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like so, Mephisto. <laughs> it's so hard to like, say no to the people on things. Well, after I got done with Darth Vader, I had a like, three months break. Uh, I told everybody, just oh. leave me alone for three months, you know, just... Oh. It wasn't actually a full break because I was doing covers. Of course but, not. <laughs> but it was great to just like sure. don't have to worry about you know the next deadline and you know reading the script and replying to. It was 
great. I, I uh, when we were wrapping up the last Spidey issue, we'd just done the quadruple-sized 800, where I wrote the whole thing, and the farewell issue with Marcos Martin, and um, I, I said to Marvel, you know, I've been doing the 10 and a half years without a break. I would like to take a two-week vacation. <laughs> I would like to take two weeks and not do anything and recharge and drink something out of a coconut. <laughs> you know, I would just like to, just to, it, yeah, and, and they went like, you're doing Iron Man though, right? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, no, you have to immediately start Iron Man. <laughs> oh, and it's a double-sized issue. Go. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah. So, and then you set a bad precedent. Uh, yeah. No. So I went straight. So I, is that how you got the leverage to do Fantastic Four? Like, uh, I'll do it, but can I bring back Fantastic <laughs> Four? We, we uh, I, when I left Spidey, I, I didn't, I left without a parachute, because um, I went like 600, 700. I wrote issue 800. I was like, it's time to go. <laughs> you know, when you, when you, and there are always other writers looking at me like, what are you? <laughs> and Marvel was always cool. Marvel was like, you stay as long as you want. Like, sales are great. I'm like, yay. Uh, but no, I, I was like, okay, it's time to go. Um, and I, I leapt without a parachute. No one knew what I was going to do next. I didn't know what I was going to do next. I just knew I was off Spidey. And um, Axel Alonso would take me into his office and go, okay, here's my, at first he was like, Here, here's my plan. I would like you to be the god of X. You can write you will chart the future of the X-Men. What about that? I went, nah. Nah, 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 I don't think I want to. He's like, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to do Fantastic Four or Indiana Jones. I'm like, we're, we're not doing Fantastic Four and we're not doing Indiana Jones. I'm like, okay, well, let's talk later. I go in and come back and you're like, how would you like to work on this franchise? I went, nah. See, what do you want to do? I'm like, I want to do Fantastic Four Indiana Jones. We're not doing Fantastic Four Indiana Jones. And this became a running thing. And then it got closer and closer to when I need work. And uh, they called me up on the phone. I can't, I can't remember. It might have been Nick Lowe. Uh, might have been someone bigger. But I, th I think it was Nick. They called me and they, we, we wanted you to hear this. No, it was Brevoort. It was Brevoort. You know, we wanted, Marble wanted you to hear this. The news is going to break today, but we didn't want it to be a surprise. Uh, Brian is going over to DC. And I'm like, wow. You know, we never saw that. I never saw that coming. And I was like, wow. I was like, well, and I immediately knew what it was going to be. I knew it was going to be Superman. I can't explain why. Uh, but I was like, oh, wow. Well, I'm sure he'll do great. And I wish him well at DC. And we're all talking about, yeah. And then moment passes and I go, I want Iron Man. <laughs> and they went, wow, okay, uh, what would you do with him? And I, I quickly said, I'd do this and this and this. And, and they went, okay, it's yours. And I'm like, and I'm like oh, yay, now I'm, I'm set. I'm doing Iron Man. Okay, cool. Um, and then they called me up, uh, you know, a little later and we talked about Fantastic Four and like, we're going to do it. You want know, like, yes, I want to do Fantastic Four. And Indiana Jones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's, so, that's for that's, 2021. Yo. <laughs> hey, we'll see. <laughs> for a long time, like, we'd all, all the Marvel writers would get together and be like, we are doing Indiana Jones. We're doing Indi we have Lucas. We're doing Indiana Jones. And we could already tell there was going to be like a big pit fight. Uh, and for who gets to do it. For who gets to do it. And it, the, the three main contenders always seemed to be me, Bendis, and Charles Soule. Oh. Yeah, we're like, we were the ones that are like, yeah. 
And, and so like and when Bendis when left, I was like, ding! <laughs> <laughs> now I just have to get rid of Charles Soule. <laughs> I love Charles, but we, you know, it, and it's, we're not doing it yet. Or if we have, it's like, it's not, not, there is no if we have, we're not doing it. Um, you, you know, and when they say they're doing a movie, then maybe we'll get to see yeah. if mm -hmm. we're doing it. But what do you uh, think happened behind the scenes for them to sort of say, okay, we're doing Fantastic Four again? If they were so, um, well, let, let's be honest, the Fox deal. You know, it's, yeah. it's clearly it's going to be Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. Uh, so yeah, let's get ahead of that. So I think if the Fox deal hadn't happened, we probably would still not have an FF. Um, Does that influence you in any way? No, yeah. none whatsoever. This is the Fantastic Four. This is Jack Lee, uh, Jack Lee. <laughs> Stan Lee, Jack Lee, and Stan Kirby. <laughs> Stan Kirby. No, no, this is Lee and Kirby. It's uh, it's Lee and Kirby. It's it's John Byrne. It's Hickman. It's it, it's Wayne Mark Ringo. Wade, yeah. Simonson. Simonson. Oh. I was assistant editor on some of those issues. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's this is the FF. It's the first family of the Marvel Comics universe. Uh, who, who doesn't want to write the FF? I always wanted to write the FF. When I, when I was a kid, the FF were the first comics I read, my cousin's copies. Uh, the first I bought were Spider-Man, but the first comics I read were FF. Okay. Um, I got not really a follow-up to that, but I was wondering, um, because you switch between uh, pencils and layouts, uh, Giuseppe, does it, uh, if it, uh, I, I have an idea of what to think of when you say layouts. Um, uh, I've talked to other artists that sort of uh, that that can get uh, a bit upset about their um, inkers. about inkers that are assigned to them, and that they yeah. um, get penciled pages back and go, "Well, that's not what mm -hmm. that w I was going for." I can imagine with layouts, it's it's even more so. Yeah, you you need to trust the people who's yeah. taking care of the finishes instead of inks. But sometimes even a bad inker can ruin your pencils, so it doesn't really matter how tight your pencils are. Uh, it just matters like finding the right person who works with you. And is there and even a colorist sometimes can yeah. basically ruin pages, you know? So uh, you're, you're looking for like a three-person marriage. <laughs> yeah, 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 kind of, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you just, uh, you know, at, at the very beginning of your career, you don't really have many, you know, leverage on that. But, you know, like, let's say somebody asked me to do something in, lay in layouts, just like, yeah, I'll do it, but only in this condition. Either I pick up the, the finisher, or you give me a finisher that I, that I never work with, but I really like. Let's say Kevin Nolan, Claude Jensen, so guys that I know that are sure. going to make it look even better than what they are, you know. Uh, I tried a few times with people that I, that I never worked with. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. You only learn from mistakes, so next time you don't work with that guy anymore. Not because it's not good, it just doesn't work with what you're it's, doing. It's not a marriage. Yeah, no, no, it's just like a flirt. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, for layouts, do you leave notes? Because I, I remember seeing um, John Buscema Conan pages, and they would, it, the, he'd, no. be, he'd have very loose layouts, and I mean, he'd have no, to say, no, this uh, is this guy. Those are more, I call more like breakdowns or thumbnails, right. but layouts is kind of like a loser pencil. So everything is in the page, only for example, the background is a little sketchy, but you know, Everything is on the page. Like when I did uh, uh, Batman Europa at DC, I did the layouts for Jim Lee and for Gerald Parrell and for all the other artists. And Jim Lee, when he was working over my layouts, was like, man, your layouts are tight. Because they almost look like pencil. Yeah. It's just like a few lines that shouldn't be there, but all the information is there. So I really don't have to leave notes, mm -hmm. you know. 
but I'm, I'm fast with those. Yeah, yeah well, we've, we've noticed. <laughs> and it's actually, honestly, it's the most fun part for me, you know, like thinking about the layout, composition, acting, choreography, fights, expression, and everything else, like backgrounds especially, or clothes or costumes, that's execution. I mean, it might be very important. Let's say uh, Wolverine, you know, you can play with everything, with the thing, you can play with rocks and everything, but it's kind of like repetitive. You know, you have to find a way when you're drawing those things, at least in, from my point of view, to make it interesting and creative. But laying out a page and, you know, and make, making people act and characters interact, that's the most creative and fun part for me. So that's why I'm, I love that part the most. Okay. Yes, well, um, I was going to open the floor to questions. Does anyone have a question for either of these uh, gentlemen? I'll come to you. Uh, hi, uh, thank you for coming here. Uh, I have a question for Dan. Uh, when you wrote Spider-Verse, is there a version of Spider-Man that you think, oh no, that's too much, I won't, be, I won't do that? No. <laughs> there was, um, there were six or seven Spider-Man we weren't legally allowed to use, which was, uh, but we did try to either hide them or mention them, mm -mm. like to sneak them in. Um, like we couldn't use the Spider-Man from Turn Off the Dark, the Broadway show. Uh, so we, one Spider-Man comments like, that guy keeps singing show tunes. That's weird. <laughs> like that guy you can't see over there. Um, but there, there was uh, a number of Spider-Man. I wanted to write more. Like the story that Chris Gage did with um, Spider-Man 67 and meeting Miles and, and Ultimate Spider-Man from the cartoons. I wrote that for myself, yeah. <laughs> and then there was no time, and I was like, Chris, would you like to write this? And he's like, yeah, and I was like, I wrote myself this, like, that's the kind of stuff I wanted to do more of in Spider-Verse, was the over-the-top, you know, ludicrousness, and I had, like, a short story I wanted to tell for, there's, you only see him for, like, one or two panels, but a universe where the Spider-Mobile was, like, the characters from Cars, like he was, he could talk. <laughs> and I wanted to show an adventure set in his world of like all these cars. That would have been nice. And, and he had a secret identity. He looked like a normal car, but then like a transformer, he would turn into the <laughs> Spider-Mobile. And his secret identity was uh, Peter Parked Car. <laughs> and I never got to do that. I was like, but it was worth it, and that I, I got to write the death of the Twinkieverse Spider-Man, and uh, I got to write the death of the Capcom Spider-Man. So uh, there was like stuff where I was like, oh, that's good. I was really happy. Thank How you. much did you? Oh, sorry. How much did you have a hand in creating like the new Spider characters? Because Obviously, Spider-Gwen is huge now. Was, that, was uh, that your idea, or was that something that Jason came up with? Originally, uh, Spider-Verse was going to be... A, if you read the Superior Spider-Man storyline, the arc that had Spider-Man 2099, and then the arc with the Superior Spider-Venom, neither of those existed. If you could rip those out, that's where Spider-Verse was originally going to go. And it was going to be about Doc Ock lying to everyone, saying, I'm the guy who defeated Moreland twice, this physical body. All of you Spider-Men should be listening to me. I'm in charge. And he was going to be leading the attack against the Morelands, uh, Moreland's family. And um, that's the way it was originally pitched. 
And when we got closer and closer to telling it, at one point Axel Alonso said in one of our meetings, wait a minute, Peter Parker isn't in this. This is an auto, this is an auto story. And I was like, yeah. So, no, 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 no. You only get to do Spider-Verse once. You're going to move, we're going to move this to next year. And when Peter comes back and you'll tell it with Peter. I'm like, it's a Doc Ock story. He's like, no. He's like, Peter Parker has to be in it. And I was like, there's a thousand Peter Parkers in it. <laughs> and Axel, who at one point said some of my stuff reads like fanfic, grown man, editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics in front of a room full of people, went, not the real one. <laughs> <laughs> so th there, there was like stuff I wanted to do, stuff that it would have been different. Um, I can't remember what the question was now. Um, what was the question? Um, how much of a hand oh, did you Gwen. have in creating like new so, characters for the crossover? So, so Spider-Gwen was always in it. Yeah. Um, and so like a year before Jason Latour wrote his story, there was a plot written with Spider-Gwen in it when she shows up to save uh, Scarlet Spider. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Kane's Scarlet Spider, uh, along with Old Man Spider-Man and some other characters. That scene had been written. That, scene, that plot was in a drawer. And what happened was for the Edge of Spider-Verse, uh, one-shots, um, Jason and Robbie and Rico had pitched a project called Spider-Ben about Uncle Ben who got bit by the, the spider. And it was a really good pitch. And I said to Nick Lowe, no, you have to kill that because Uncle Ben Spider-Man shows up halfway into Spider-Verse and that's oh, a yeah. big secret reveal. You know, I don't want to show his backstory. I want to just jump in, and there's oh, Uncle Ben's a Spider-Man, which you drew. Yep. And um, it was, it was, you know, um, but I felt bad because it was such a good pitch. And I said, I'll tell you what, we've got a number of characters that we haven't done backstory for them. And I said, why don't these guys do Gwen Stacy? The Gwen Stacy, they could do a whole backstory for where she's coming from. And Nick said, I'm not going to force them to do that but I'll give them a list. And he gave them a list, and the name at the top of the list was Spider-Gwen. And of course, they're not stupid. They went, yeah, I'll do that. And then they went off and they did their Spider-Gwen. And this is one of the, this, this is, this will show you what a genius I am. <laughs> they, they show their art. Now, I've been living with Spider-Gwen in my head for a year, and I had a look for her in my head, and the way it was written in my plot was she's wearing the night Gwen the night Gwen Stacy died outfit, but the coat is spider pattern, uh. and she has like a, a domino mask that's a half Spider-Man mask that goes into the hairband, and she had these little petite gloves that to cover up her. But it was effectively that, but in Spider-Man colors with a web pattern on the jacket, and that's the way she was in my head for a year before Jason and Robbie and Rico got to her, and. Um, when they put, sent in some of the stuff and the character designs, they sh Nick Lowe was like showing me, look at this. And here he shows me the greatest comic book costume cover, you know, character design in the last 15, 20 years. And I looked at it and went, this is wrong. <laughs> they have to kill this. They have to do it the way it is in my head. This is not Spider-Gwen. This sucks. And everyone's like, you're insane. And I'm like, no, no, no. They have to redraw it. This is not Spider-Gwen. <coughs> and, and eventually, like, all these people took me into a room and went, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Everyone, like, this is great. And I was like, 
fine, <laughs> do it. <laughs> so that's, that is the mark of genius, that if enough people tell you you're horribly wrong, you go, all right, maybe, uh, maybe uh, you're wrong, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe a rare instance where an editor was right. <laughs> no, 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 you don't, there are, there are things that Nick Lowe or Steve Wacker has killed, and they're like, I look back and go, oh, oh, thank God they killed that. That was such a bad move. I am so glad I had an editor. But conversely, there are two stories I've always wanted to tell. And both Steve, Steve Wacker killed them immediately. And then when Nick Lowe became the new editor, I went to pitch them to him. And he was like, Steve warned me about these two stories. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me, yeah, you're not doing either of these. Where one was Spider-Man at a furry convention. It was really funny. <laughs> where a, a guy in a furry suit gets mixed up in a Spider-Man adventure like there's a furry convention and these mobsters doing things at the same hotel and a guy from the furry convention wander, wanders into the room and the Magia think this is the supervillain that's been sent to help them and it's just the guy in a furry suit but he's never been to a furry convention before and he's kind of nervous and he's worried <laughs> that his family will find out he's a furry so he goes, they're like, are, are you the new the supervillain? Yes. Yes, I am. I am the weasel. And he gets dragged along for the whole adventure. And without intending to, he ends up becoming Spider-Man's greatest enemy. And you end up with like a scene like Spider-Man like strapped to a death trap with like a laser and his hands on the button. He's like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> and Spider-Man's like, you'll never win, weasel. <laughs> By the end of the story, the police capture him and his family's there. And they're going to take him away to prison. And he would rather have his family think he was a supervillain than a furry. <laughs> and, the, and it, yeah, it was something like, beware the weasel or something. And like, no, you were never telling that story. And the other one was, you guys know the, uh, the Spider-Man villain Swarm? He's a, uh, a Nazi made of killer bees. No. He's a Nazi made of killer bees. <laughs> <laughs> and every swarm story is the exact same story. He just shoots bees at you, you know, or then bees fly out of him. And sometimes they're little bees and sometimes they're giant bees, but it's always just swarm shoots bees at you. And I said to Steve, he's like, I have a swarm story. He's like, every swarm story is the same swarm story. No, no, I have a new take on swarm. <laughs> Something that no one's ever done. He's like, what? He's like, we never see what happens to the honey. <laughs> Everyone who eats honey that came from Swarm's Bees turns into a Nazi. <laughs> Nazi honey. <laughs> no, you are never telling that Spider-Man story. So they won't. And they might, sorry. And you call it Nazi gold. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So it's good to have an editor to tell you no. Uh, any more questions? All right, this is for yeah. Dan. Um, so I love Superior Spider-Man. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so if you could do that again with any hero and villain, who would you choose? I didn't do it because of the brain swap. I did it because I had the idea for the story, and it was organic. And I wouldn't do it again because I'd want to do the new thing that will screw you up. You know, I'd rather do fair the enough, new. Wow, and what? No! That they, if I can do something where it gets a big reaction enough for you to go, no! Then I'll, yeah, I should do that. 
<laughs> then I guess you're, you're, you're off the hook, people. <laughs> Thank you so much for this uh, amazing Thank panel. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dan. Thank, Thank you, Giuseppe. Thank, Thank you, Tony. You.